You're listening to Radio DMG. Welcome back to Radio DMG. I'm your host, Will Wesley, the Mile High Mouth. And if you're listening to this on Radio DMG, good on you for sticking around. Seriously, it's been since October since we've done a new episode, and uh, that's why you're getting two interviews instead of one interview on this episode. And this will be slightly longer because, well, we're doing things right now. um, If you're watching this on Area DMG... You're seeing me right now, talking into a microphone. I've jerry-rigged together this ridiculous-looking setup, and uh, I-, I like it. It looks... <laughs> it's kind of sick. Um, this is where we're... Uh, what I'm doing is I'm making a waving motion with my hands over here over the DVD racks that you'll see in some of our other videos, like the review videos. And um, I don't know. This kind of actually looks pretty nice I think I was looking and doing some test footage and I was like well aside from my terrible looks um, not because I really do have a face for radio yeah a face for radio and I've got like this scruffy beard thing going on right and uh, it's kind of like I don't know if you can hear this yeah yeah you can kind of hear that it's just uh, just kind of all scraggly. It's actually gotten kind of soft. I need to shave it, but I just haven't. Maybe what I'll do is I'll be like, instead of doing this, I'll just wear my terrible glasses and then like let my hair get weird, dye it purple, be like Markiplier or something. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> the way I look at it, I think that hair dye might actually be seeping into the brains of the people who use it and causing them to suddenly be like, I put purple hair dye in my hair, and now I'm I'm a dragon. Gah, people, people, ah, it's so terrible. Anyways, we're gonna do a uh, couple things. Actually, we're gonna be doing Radio DMG, and this time we've got two interviews. Two, not three. Two. Anywho, uh, two interviews. Mike McFarland and Matthew Mercer. One of these is from NDK or Non-Descon. Descon? Descon. 2015 and Colorado Anime Fest 2016. So yes, two interviews. Quite good stuff. Uh, Matthew Mercer was the one who won the little poll that we did at Area DMG. And uh, that means the next person up next episode will be Christina V. So uh, yeah, look forward to that. Um... There's news. We will talk about that Pokemon Direct that comes out on Friday. We'll do a video about that. I did want to do a video about the whole Pete's Dragon trailer. I wrote a huge thing on Facebook about it. And I was just like, oh, this is awful. And this is uh, this is why, this is why, this is why. And that's a problem. You see, I put together all these scripts. And these scripts go on literally for pages and pages we were doing Gravity Falls, right? And uh, we're going to do more of those. We're going to do some of these episodes where we're just all like, okay, we're doing episode by episode reviews, but we're going to do some stuff to wrap up season one totally and then start on season two and then go all the way through it. But we're going to put out two or three of those a week, okay? 
Okay, got that? We're only going to put out two or three of those a week while we're waiting for stuff like Steven Universe and Adventure Time and other stuff to come back. So, uh, yeah, that is a thing. We will be doing reviews of um, the Deadly Tower of Monsters. And we're doing a video that we need to work on about why five reasons why you should buy SteamWorld Heist. Um, we are doing the Gold Thingy Awards this weekend. That will be a short video where we pass out like... Well, I'll pass out my top five videos from last year. Oh, sorry, not video games. Video games for the mobile devices and the handheld devices and stuff from last year. Pretty much is all 3DS stuff because the 3DS was the only system aside from like, say, Splatoon for the Wii U where there was something good that came out. I mean, Super Mario Maker's cool and all, but I'll be honest. Stella Glow is fantastic. If you're playing uh, Fire Emblem Fates right now, that's great. We unboxed it. It's a neat little game. But Stella Glow is more polished. It has more production value. It's not censored. And uh, that, that means a lot to me, you know? I don't like it when people censor my media, okay? I don't like censorship. I want to be able to make up my own mind about a game, okay? I like being given like say a book i don't want people to be all like oh this book is bad you shouldn't do that if you can hear a little bit in the background right now that's because like we're in the middle of the living room here soup sitting on a table that type of stuff but yeah um if you're watching this on area dmg you probably hear all sorts of things you see me looking at people or whatnot and that's kind of disadvantages a disadvantages uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Producer Sarah over here. Woo! Hey, did we get any mail? Coupons. Coupons. We got coupons. Yay. Um, that We're not cutting any of this because we're just going to keep going on with what we do, which is this episode of Radio DMG. So what I'm doing right now is if you're watching on the video, I'm looking straight at you and I'm telling you about our content that we're coming up with. Like for example, we are doing the Gold Thingy Awards on Sunday. That's gonna be a short video. Pretty much, um, if you were a fan of like, okay, if you're a fan of strategy RPGs and you didn't check out Stella Glow or Lord of Magna Made in Heaven or SteamWorld Heist last year, you missed out. Um, there are a ton of games that came out for 3DS last year. We even got crazy indie stuff like uh, The Binding of Isaac Rebirth. That was fantastic. Um, just all sorts of great stuff. And we'll go over like the top five for those. And they actually have categories, which we'll go into a little bit later. But for right now, what we're going to do is we're going to get to the first of the interviews, which is going to be, uh, we're going to do Mike McFarland first on this one. And then we're going to come back for a little bit and then do um, the Matthew Mercer ones, Mer Mer Matthew Mercer one, because, well, why not? Actually, what you're going to see is you're probably going to see a video drop for this on uh, Area DMG, if you're watching this on Area DMG, and you're just going to hear the music if you're watching it on ra if you're listening to it on Radio DMG. That's what we do. We're kind of trying to be more full package when it comes to this stuff, and let's be honest, it Everybody likes the full package, unless you're like some terrible package-hating person, and you should probably die. Nah, not really. Don't we don't want any of our viewers to die at all? 
Maybe. I don't know. People are like, who are we going to destroy next? And so we'll be like, first, second. You know, that's kind of annoying when you look at area DMG stuff and people do that. Uh, it doesn't really bug me. I just feel that like, congratulations. I, I'm happy you're watching the video. Thank you. But I kind of wish you'd ask more questions. Like, come on. Have a, have a better thought. Have a more original thought. You know who you are. I'm not calling you out on like being horribly unoriginal, but you are being horribly unoriginal. So, uh, huh. but yeah, let's get down to uh, the first interview and cue it. Welcome back to Radio DMG. I'm your host, Wopasi, the Mile High Mouth, and I'm here at Nondescon 2015 with... Mike McFarland. So, just in case people aren't familiar with who you are and what you do, who are you and what do you do? I Let's see, as far as the interest of what I'm assuming the audience is, because I could just say a lot of things, but I am a, a voice director, a voice actor, an adaptive script writer. Voice acting-wise, some roles of note would be Master Roshi from the Dragon Ball series... Buggy from One Piece, Jean Kirstein from Attack on Titan, um, uh, Amon from Tokyo Ghoul, lots of other things. Uh, Directing-wise, I was the voice uh, director for Attack on Titan, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Mushishi, Summer Wars, Wolf Children, Blood Blockade Battlefront, Trinity Blood, Dragon Ball, a bunch of other things, and adaptive scriter, uh, adaptive scriptwriter for several of those, as well as uh, other shows that I didn't get to work on as much, uh, voice acting or directing wise, like Helsing Ultimate and uh, some Tenchi Muyo titles. Do you prefer to do ADR work, writing work, or the acting work? Uh, what's uh, you mean ADR directing? Because it's uh, all ADR directing, work. Directing, yeah. Directing, okay, directing. yeah, directing, writing, or uh, or acting. Acting. Um, there's really no preference. It's apples and oranges. They're all good. Um, I take different levels of uh, satisfaction from each one, different types of satisfaction from each of those processes. I would say that writing is the least interactive as far as being around other people, and I do like working with other people, so that would be the only main difference of that one. Uh, otherwise, I enjoy them all immensely. Kind of a bit of a social animal. Yes, I suppose. Yes. So, how did you get into um, this particular line of work? Well, I was already doing professional acting work in the Dallas-Fort Worth area as uh, an on-camera actor, as well as doing uh, improvisation and theater and uh, radio work, other voice work of that nature, um, industrial work. When I had an audition for Funimation, they had previously recorded all of their work in, I believe, Vancouver, or at least in parts of Canada, probably primarily Vancouver, and they were doing the first round of auditions for Texas actors that they had ever done. I think initially they weren't aware that the Dallas-Fort Worth area is one of the top places in the United States for commercial and industrial works. So they weren't aware that there were so many working, living, professional actors in the area. Um, from that audition, I think they heard 150-ish, 200-ish people. I was one of about a dozen selected to be in uh, the first property recorded in Texas, which was a Dragon Ball movie called Sleeping Princess in the Devil's Castle. And from that, I was cast as Count Lucifer, who, believe it or not, is a bad guy. 
and Master Roshi, who I still play to this day. Hmm. So it sounded like you, well, you said you did radio work. Was that mostly commercials, or did you yes, I, I was not. A, I was not a DJ. No. I mean, I would do um, radio commercials. Yeah. And then improv. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So professional improv, huh? Yes. Uh, to me, professional improv just means that you have a group, you have uh, a regular place to perform, you make money, <laughs> all of those sorts of things. So yes, I had a, uh, an improv group, uh, two or three different improv groups. The latest one was one called Section 8 Comedy, and we were uh, voted best in Dallas by the local paper, uh, the Dallas Observer, uh, a couple of years in a row. We also performed uh, at the improv in Hollywood and lots of comedy festivals around the United States. And you said there's some theater work. Any um, Anything on Broadway or off-Broadway? No, most of my theater work was in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so I guess that would be like super off-Broadway. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, some theater work there. The last thing I did theatrically on stage was uh, Bengal Tiger at the Bagdad Zoo at Theater 3. Hmm. And that was a couple of years ago. So, what do you think of uh, Nondescon in Colorado so far? I love it so far. Um, I have not been to Denver or Colorado in over a decade. Uh, this is my first Nondescon, but it might not my first time in Colorado. My uncle used to live in the area. He was a mountain hermit that would uh, he lived up in the Colorado Springs area and would one of those guys that would come to town once a month for supplies and stuff, and otherwise just hole up in a cabin in the woods. So we would visit him from time to time. Staying up in that cabin, fighting off deadites. Fighting off everything. Yeah, pretty I, much. I think if you live that way, you want to fight off as many things as possible. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So um, what do you think of the new, like this hotel, this convention? How's it been for you so far? It's been great. Um, I do, the past few years, I've done about a 50-50 mix of pop culture shows like Comic-Cons and uh, anime conventions. So I had not done an anime convention um, like this one in a, in a while, and I haven't done one here in, in Colorado's in, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 years. I think there was a, a show here called KuniCon like a long time ago, and I was at a KuniCon here. Um, the, the attendees are great. The staff's been great. I've had a, a good time with the other guests here. It's overall been you know a really wonderful experience. See anything, any spectacular cosplay? There's lots of great cosplay here. Uh, there hasn't been anything where I've run up to someone and grabbed a picture or anything like that as of yet, and it's not because it wasn't good enough. I just didn't even think about it at the time, but there is a, a whole bunch of really awesome cosplay here. Excellent. So um, you've got a couple panels that you've already done. Uh, mm-hmm. Some more panels this weekend, right, of course. Yes, I believe I'm part of a voice actor panel tomorrow, uh, and then there's another autograph session, and I believe just closing ceremonies. So just those three events tomorrow. So have you gotten any time to head on out over to the Taste of Colorado stuff that's going on over here? I haven't done Taste of Colorado yet. I Let's see. I went to a place called Sam's Number 3. That was quite good. Uh, I'd heard that it had been on like uh, diners, dives and dri- uh, diners, drive-throughs and dives. Yeah, yeah that that show. Um, and I am a I love trying local cuisine. I love trying new food. Uh, I thought what they had was very good. I also went to uh, Voodoo Donut and got uh, their own their Voodoo dozen, which had a bunch of crazy, crazy concoctions that I had not seen before. Uh, and we have some crazy donut shops in the Dallas Fort Worth area as well. 
but I hadn't seen any quite like these. Uh, I was only able to eat one. I was glad that I, I brought it to my, my panel to share with my other panelists, and we all had, you know, we shared them around and then shared them up in the green room, but those are so gigantic and rich. There's, it's like eating a donut the size of a cheeseburger. Oh, which one did you eat? Um, I had one that had uh, like a maple glaze on the outside and then like a, a custard on the inside, uh, and it was super delicious. And I had someone, a, a, a local, look over my box of donuts and said, if you're only going to eat one, that's the one that you should get. So hmm. I, went, I went with her opinion. Yeah, we've got all sorts of food. We're even opening up a Tortis Tacos around here, too. So we're oh, yeah? going to start getting some of that Texas breakfast taco stuff going on. That's good. Yeah, we have uh, to- those Tortis everywhere. There's one not far from the studio that I hit on Taco Tuesday from time to time. Oh, yeah, they're, they're pretty great. Yeah. But um, going back to the convention. Sure. Um, there's a, a lot of energy in these conventions, if you, as you've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any tips for how people can take that that spark, that shine, that energy from the convention that they just just throw out over here, all that energy, how, how they can bring that energy when they leave the convention to their normal kind of humdrum everyday grind, how they can take that energy and just capture it and keep it? Well, it just depends. Conventions. Like, because... Obviously, these events are are here for a purpose. It's so that you, with your interests in various forms of culture, uh, pop culture, nerd culture, anime, gaming, any of these sorts of things, you know, this is a weekend for you to have, uh, to be totally, uh, to indulge yourself in just that and be around hundreds and thousands of other people who are here for the exact same reason. it's designed to be your your getaway. It's designed to be a special event. So as far as taking it back with you, you know, there's all sorts of things that you could do to uh, keep that interest and uh, maintain that energy by watching new shows, finding and meeting friends uh, at these types of events that live in the same area, and go out and do new things with new people. Um, continue to stay. Uh, in touch with what's coming out so you'll always be up on the, on the next new thing those are the sorts of things that i can think of offhand mm-hmm. and one other issue that people aside from the lack of like oh the energy thing mm-hmm. is many people who are who attend these conventions or are fans of your shows mm-hmm. and such may deal may be dealing with say bullies in their actual everyday life mm-hmm. uh, do you have any tips on how they can deal with those well as far as dealing with bullies the 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 strange thing about bullies, at least in my opinion, is that almost no matter what you do for the rest of your life, you're going to encounter some form of bully. It may not be as uh, abrasive in your face as the typical like teenage going through all sorts of uh, issues bully, but you're going to have uh, a boss that'll lean on you really hard, or you're going to have... Uh, uh, some sort of security guard or a correctional officer or a police officer or someone give you a lot of grief in some capacity. Uh, Just know that those individual moments pass by so fleeting, however much they seem to be bothering you at that moment, in the grand scheme of thing, you have to keep in mind that it's just not that big of a deal. Um, I know how it, uh, you know, I I know how much it can be crushing and I know how much that it can hurt, but you have to remember that that's fleeting and it will go away and, um, you will be around other people that uh, love you and care about you for who you are, and those will be those will continue to be your support group forever. So, kind of a a case or a, it will pass. It will pass. Yeah, there's um, 
you know, unless you're <laughs> locked up and being tortured illegally somewhere Ooh. day in and day out, then you have to keep in mind that, you know, however this, you know, frame, uh, this one instance of somebody fronting you in front of a bunch of other people or someone picking on you from time to time, however grating that is, if you count the seconds of the time that it took for that to take place, we're really not dealing with that much time. And you have lived to tell about it. It's not like being in a in a fatal car accident. It's not like, you know, being uh, at the wrong place at the wrong time and something, you know, fatal happens to you. It's just a moment in time where things could have gone better and they didn't. And you need to keep in mind all the other times when things didn't go that way, when things have been okay for you, when at the very least things have been, you know, par, when nothing, you know, it may not be that everything's wonderful, but nothing's going wrong. And there will be wonderful moments uh, to counteract those as you continue to go along with your life. Coming back to your writing in a bit, um, when you go ahead and, like, when you're working on adapting a script or so, some of the shows that you've written for have jokes and stuff. Do you draw draw from your improv background for the jokes in your writing? It really just depends on the show because as much as possible, even if it's a comedy, I try to keep the context of what the original material is trying to represent and trying to get across in what's uh, written into the scripts. Um, in the end, if it's supposed to be a funny moment, it better be funny. So if something needs to be slightly altered or whatever, as long as you can keep the spirit of what's going on um, in the dialogue, then that's uh, that's the main goal. As far as me drawing from my, you know, my comedy, or whatever else, I definitely wouldn't just pull from something I did on stage that I thought was funny and shove into a show. But I might use my uh, know-how of phrasing or um, timing or wording things in a certain way to help a joke out uh, to be funnier if it's just, if it's just worded a certain way so before we get going is there anything that you're working on currently that you're allowed to talk about that you would like to go ahead and promote or um, pretty much this is your time to pimp some stuff <laughs> let's see pimping stuff um New releases of things that I've been involved with. Uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia. We got a lot of the cast from the video game franchise to come and be part of the animation, so that was really cool. Uh, there's a new show called Noragami, which just came out. Um, it's a, a really, really awesome series. Um, things that I've worked on that have been on Funimation's streaming service that haven't come to uh, home video as far as like Blu-ray or DVD release yet would be Tokyo Ghoul, both seasons, and a cool show called Blood Blockade Battlefront. And uh, those two shows you can catch at Funimation.com on their uh, on their subscription service. Uh, or the, you could just wait a little bit longer and you'll get a home copy. Uh, or you could you know go out and find one of those when they are released. Excellent. So, um, looking forward to the rest of the convention? Absolutely. Can't wait. It's going to be pretty awesome. I'm your host, Philip Wesley, the Mile High Mouth. I've been here at Nondescon 2015 with... Mike McFarland. And good night, everyone. You are now caught up. Welcome back. That was a pretty good interview, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Phil Wesley, the Mile High Mouth. You're still listening to Radio DMG or watching it on Area DMG. And guess what? Let's get back into, into it with our second interview of the day, which is Matt, 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 Matthew Mercer, 
Mercer. Mercer. It, not to be confused with Matt Mercer from, uh, there's some, some type of a horror film director named Matt Mercer. He does like really terrible B-grade movies. And then you have uh, Matthew Mercer who does something called Critical Role where he plays D&D games with really terrible B-movie B, B horror creatures like Felicia Day. I I'm winking as hard as I can. No, seriously. He hangs out with like some interesting people and they play D&D. Uh, what's funny about it is uh, Matthew Mercer... He gets all sorts of uh, like requests from people who are like, he's uh, one of those people who like, people are like, can you come here and DM our, our game, please be our dungeon master. You know, if someone was all like, please be my dungeon master, I'd be like, okay, then probably show up with like whips and chains. And they're like, no, no, we meant like Dungeons and Dragons. And I'd be like, ugh. My my whole experience with Dungeons and Dragons comes from like I had a bunch of coworkers who would play Dungeons and Dragons and it was pretty much just an excuse for them to get together and smoke pot. Which I don't know. Drugs impair my D twenty rolls, you know? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna roll nope. One. Five. One, one, one. No, this is bad. <laughs> you know? Don't 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 board game and do drugs. Listen to like music or watch these videos. We have a ton of videos. I, I don't mind if people are like, I, I watch these videos when I'm and whatever dank meme they want to talk about. But yeah, we're going to go on to the next video. No, next, next audio. Actually, if you're watching this on area DMG, these parts here where I'm talking are video and the parts with the interviews are audio only. Now, we do have some video drops, which we use for these, and that's awesome. And uh, that's, that's interesting. I, I, this is kind of an experiment to see how this goes. Because most of the time, we were just attaching the audio file to a picture and then going with that. With this new format, I'm actually talking to you, and then we're editing this all up in post. Because, eh, why not? Actually, it's like four times as much work, even though we've already got a lot of that work done. It's just a lot of work, and I hope you appreciate it. You better, or I will individually come to your houses and be like, knock, knock, knock. Did you appreciate my work on this episode? And you'll be like, eh, it was okay. And then I will kidnap your cat or dog. I will collect all of them. They will be like Pokemon to me. And I will rename them. And it won't be cool names. They'll be like terrible names. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this part here. Let's just get to the video to, to the audio interview. Um, see you on the uh, other side of this. Welcome back to Radio DMG. I'm your host, Phil Bussy, the Mile High Mouth, and I'm here at Colorado Anime Fest 2016 with... Matthew Mercer, that guy who's talking right now. Yes, and that guy <laughs> who's talking right now, just in case people don't know why you're talking right now, who are you and what do you do? 
I am a voice actor from Los Angeles, California. I work primarily in cartoons and video games. Uh, such examples would be uh, Leon Kennedy in the Resident Evil franchise, um, uh, Captain Levi in Attack on Titan, uh, Krom in Fire Emblem Awakening, and a bunch of other silly projects here and there. So most people know you as being an assist trophy in Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, poor Crom. Never get in his day. Uh, happens. At least Lucina <laughs> didn't kill him. This is true. Yeah, that's true. Yet. <laughs> yep. There's still more games. There's DLC. You see? See, there you go. Um, yeah. Well, of course. So, um, uh, going into a little bit about, like, um, you were talking about like how you do uh, video and um, video games and anime and stuff. Are there any other things that you do? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've done some some stuff in web production. I've done a few web series. Back in two thousand nine, I directed and played a role in a web series called uh, "There Will Be Brawl," which is ironic nowadays that I'm actually in Smash Brothers because it was a, uh, a live action kind of film noir. HBO crime drama parody of the Nintendo universe, uh, Smash Brothers in particular. I followed Luigi through a dystopian mushroom kingdom, and it was it was it was a fun web series that actually did pretty well. So uh, I did that. I also directed uh, a three episode YouTube series called School of Thrones. That was a kind of nineteen eighties high school uh, John Hughes high school film, but in the School of Thrones type universe. Where they had the different the Stark click, you had the Lannister click, um, and currently I am. Doing a Twitch channel stream every Thursday night on Geek and Sundry's Twitch called Critical Role, where me and a bunch of other voice actors play Dungeons and Dragons. So uh, rolling dice and being uh, fun, nerdy folks. So um, why did you decide to start the whole Critical Role thing? Was that your idea? Who, whose was it? Uh, that actually came from Felicia Day. We because um, we've been playing privately for about two years. Um, just you know, a lot of them I never played before, and it came up from Liam O'Brien's birthday. Liam O'Brien is one of our players and another very talented voice actor, and. Uh, he wanted to try and drag some of our other mutual friends into it to just show them what it, what it was like for, for a one-shot. And it turned into an you know, ongoing campaign. So we, we played for two years, and uh, Ashley Johnson, who's one of our players, which those of you who played Last of Us, she uh, played Ellie in that, and she's done a lot of other great projects. Um, she got in a conversation with Felicia about it. Felicia's like, hey, would you guys want to do that on camera? We were a little cautious about it, because one... You know, private games are a little personal, and putting yourself on the internet like that can be a very difficult, yeah. dangerous you, proposition. You'd think people would, like, judge your dwarf orgy or something like that, exactly. right? Exactly. They won't understand. <laughs> Everyone's dwarf all orgy. The, yeah, all, all the YouTube uh, comments would be like, what? No! <laughs> so, we, but we decided to give it a shot. And uh, so, yeah, we just we continued our ongoing game with cameras in the room. And uh, out of that, this incredible community sprung up, and uh, we're... We're having a great time with it. Excellent. Um, do you play any other board games besides D and D? Uh, I've played plenty of tabletop uh, pen and paper RPGs. Uh, right now, this is kind of consuming my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> as as the, as the dungeon master, uh, most of my free time goes to writing story and, and getting prepped for the next session. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up playing all sorts of games, uh, board games in particular. If as you're asking about, I I'm a very big opponent for the Mansions of Madness Fantasy Flight games. I have all the expansions, and I've played oh, them, like, so many variations of them. Uh, Betrayal of the House on the Hill, um, Fiasco is more less of a board game, but still like a, a social game. Uh, what are some other ones that are really, really great? Munchkin. Um, I enjoy card games, Magic the Gathering, you know, all kinds of fun stuff like that. So, stuff like Dominion and things like that? Yeah, Dominion's great. Oh. I haven't played that in about a year, but, oh. but I, have, I have it and enjoy it very thoroughly. Um... Yeah, I, 
I'm, I'm a big I'm a big gamer when it comes to both video games and, and tabletop and uh, regular gaming. Regular gaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would you call analog gaming? Uh, the ones with the controller thingies, like yeah. it's a waggle, you know, and the little thing that lights up. Yeah, those ones. That one, the thing with the, with the yeah. The thing with the Angry Birds. <laughs> oh no, no, no Angry Birds for me. Ah, <laughs> uh, that happens. I know. No? no, I played it. It's it's fun. I just uh, I have so little free time these days that when I do, it usually goes to Witcher Three or Dark Souls. Mm. Dark Souls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Looking forward to Dark Souls 3? <laughs> yes. Uh, that's going to be pretty good. I just oh, recently picked up... I, I have Dark Souls, and I just recently picked up Demon Souls for, like, way cheap. At a good oh, have you not played like Demon Souls also. before? I hadn't played it before. Oh. I played Dark Souls, but not Demon Souls. So oh, you're in for it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting. I, I might, at some point on our YouTube thing, might show that off in a gaming paraphilia or something. You should. It's, no, it's great. Demon Souls is still probably my favorite of the whole series, because it was kind of the first... It's the one where yeah. it's it's got all that rough stuff before they start deciding to be like, oh, we're going to just tone this down for a general audience. Yeah, tone it down in quotes. Yeah, um, quote but, it. but yeah, yeah no, it's definitely probably still the most punishing. Oh, man. I'd be making you want to go back and play it again. Now. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, you started voice acting at kind of a young age. Uh, do you want to talk how that happened? Yeah, I, um, I, had, I was lucky enough to be doing a lot of theater in school, and I was still in high school at the time. And uh, through through a bunch of strange circumstances, I went in to watch a session being recorded, and it was on uh, the Fist of the North Star series, the the television series. And uh, after watching it for a little bit, the director during break asked me if I wanted to come in and like just do a couple of background wall of voices to be part of it. And I'm like, yeah, yes, of course, I'd love to, sir. He's like, yes, uh, finally, credits, yeah, SAG. Exactly, bright, oh, oh, that that was not SAG at the time. Oh, Anime, especially back then, was not Union. Nope. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I got a chance to, to add my first credit to, to to any sort of, you know, project, like professional project, and it was, it was a really cool, inspiring experience. And so from that point, I began to, consider this is a possibility and so put in a lot of hard work uh into trying to focus in my craft as a voice actor and try and improve myself in the industry and you know occasional i say occasional like once every six months to every year i'd get like one or two sessions doing background you know work and one-off characters the guy soldier 23a that goes like hey he stole my car you know like just random random stuff um but it was enough to to keep my my palate you know wanting more and uh many many years later i i began begun to get bigger roles and and meet more people in the industry and realized that if i was going to make a jump for this as a career now be the time to do it and so i quit my day job after saving up a little nest egg got i always it. gotta have that little like that thousand dollars <throat> um thing there you know live off pork and beans like oh, live yeah. like no one else you can live like no one else exactly yeah so this tiny tiny little apartment and was eating very uh very cheaply, poorly, very very poorly, <laughs> but but very very uh, conservatively, mm-hmm. and uh, hit hit it with all I got, and just went to a bunch of workshops and and really hit the pavement as hard as I could to try and prove myself as a performer, meet the right people I needed to meet, and uh, try and make a career out of it. And uh, the hard work eventually paid off. It wasn't easy, but it eventually paid off. So you talked a little bit about doing a little bit of theater. Um, mm-hmm. Any particular ones that you really liked? Or if you didn't have the voice acting thing, would you be in theater now? Yeah. Uh, the only thing that keeps me from doing theater still today is free time. Because it is a very time-intensive experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I miss the stage thoroughly. Um, I love musical theater. By that I mean I, I love 20% of musical theater. Ah. Musical theater is a very... 
You've got you get a range of quality in there. Definitely, you've got like you've got your uh, Stephen Sondheim stuff, and then you're in town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love Sondheim, um, and actually, uh, I've done enough Rodgers and Hammerstein to not be a fan of a lot of their work. <laughs> um, but like some of my favorite shows, uh, I, I I did perform Jekyll and Hyde um, back in the day as Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, they were still doing the single cast for both parts, which I think is the best way to do. it. Yeah, that that is really. Um, and one of my favorite musicals still of all time is The Scarlet Pimpernel. Mm. Which I got to see Douglas Sills perform uh, Percy and uh, years ago, and it was a phenomenal show. So I, uh, yeah, I, I definitely have a hard musical theater uh, and a lot of classic theater. Uh, it's just been it's just there. There isn't a whole lot of good theater in Los Angeles these days. Most of that's in New York, and what little bits out there is just too time-consuming right mm. now. So maybe maybe one day when things slow down a oh. bit. I'm a little more financially comfortable, and I'll go ahead and take the dive again. So, um, what do you think of Colorado Anime Fest so far? It's been great. Uh, for, for for the time that we've had, it's it's still starting off for me. But um, uh, yesterday we had some we had a great autograph signing. I've met a lot of awesome fans. We had uh, some fun discussions, and I'm excited for some of the panels that are coming up today. Mm-hmm. We have a we have some really really fun thematic events to look forward to. And uh, Colorado, uh, I, I love it here. I haven't been here in a while, and I actually lived for two years in Boulder when I was very young. So I have very fond memories of Pearl Street and uh, the Flatirons and and a lot of the areas out here. So. Last night I got to go out and see a little bit of Denver, got to drive around and, and see uh, some of the uh, the nightlife in that vicinity, and it's, it's just a beautiful town. I love it. Like, just make sure you're drinking a lot of water, and uh, oh, yeah. I've noticed something <laughs> around here, like uh, peppers actually help with the altitude. <laughs> no, no peppers for me. I've had, I'm good on peppers. I've had, I've had enough for a while, for a lifetime. I say that because I'll probably okay. go back and do another video. So are you? Yeah, of course. Um, so are you currently doing anything like for like say charities or whatnot? Yeah, actually, um, as as one one of one of our big pushes for Critical Role on top of just playing D and D is we uh, are raising awareness for a number of uh, smaller end charities, uh, and our community has really risen up and, and been phenomenal in promoting them. So um, we uh, we continuously support a group called Eight Two Six that. Mm. Uh, does after-school tutoring for underprivileged uh, kids or people that can't afford proper tutoring and uh, help teach creative writing and help children express their creativity uh, from ages 8 to 18. And so they, we've been supporting them all across all across the U.S. Uh, we're big supporters of um, Game Changer, which is an anti-child cancer foundation, uh, which uh, we through them we raised $120,000 last year for, uh, for the Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. And and the yeah the community has been overwhelmingly supportive and amazing and, and everything they've given to help these charities um, and we all, all of our individual players have actually have their own charities too if you search oh, yeah. under uh, Critters Guide to Critmas on Google we have a list of all our charities now. all the charities yeah and uh, Colorado Anime Fest is also doing one to support ALS oh fantastic yes okay. um, uh, one thing I've noticed also about like conventions or so um, uh, you, you're saying that's been pretty good um, the energy's pretty high and all that oh yeah pretty good yeah um, one thing I've noticed about um, a lot of anime conventions is that the people who go to these anime conventions are full of energy, full of life, full of vigor while they're here at the convention. Whereas um, when they, after they leave the convention and they go to their normal everyday lives at school and work, um, they just tend to like lose that energy. Do you have any suggestions on how they can keep that energy from the convention and apply it to their everyday lives to help them cope with uh, school, work, and any other pressures like family or bullying? Well, what's, what's really great about today, I say this because when I was younger and I started getting to conventions, it wasn't as big of a thing, it was just an emerging experience, but because of social media, because of the interconnectedness of, of uh, you know, these communities online, 
all the friends that you meet at these conventions, the people that help make these memories so fantastic, you can keep contact with on a day-to-day basis. You can continue to share and create more memories and experiences together and support each other through the hard times. Um, there are a number of great online communities via Facebook, via Tumblr, via all sorts of, of uh, you know social media groups that are into the same interests and help perpetually offer these these points of inspiration. And so that's a really really great way. Another is to to really understand what's what I find so phenomenal about these convention experiences is it allows you to be in a space where you can express yourself without any sort of exterior judgment and everyone else is in that same boat. And I'm a big proponent for self, radical self-expression. That's a big, a big part of my life. Um, and it's difficult and when there are people who don't understand it and when the world outside can be a very judgmental place. But because this community is not just at the convention, it's, it is available throughout the year via these, these resources. Um, whenever you start feeling that, that loneliness, whenever you start feeling that, that, you know, ostracized, uh, being feeling ostracized from the world around you, you can always go back to those people for support and, and look forward to the next event or help to incorporate more and more of that convention experience in your life and even share with your family if they're open to the idea and if they're a little remiss or don't quite understand this newfangled anime thing or the video games, um, maybe try and share it with them. Ask, ask as, as a child, ask as, as an adult, ask from perspective you have, if they want to go ahead and sit down and try and share with them what it is that inspires you about it as well. And I've seen a lot of kids have brought, gotten their parents into it as well to come to these events as excited as they were. So that's that's a really cool point of inspiration too. Well, before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to go ahead and promote or pimp out before we go? Uh, yeah, um, Critical Role, if you guys want to watch us play D&D, we're every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific time on uh, Geek and Sundry's Twitch channel, or you can see past episodes on geekandsundry.com. Also, uh, coming up soon is Fire Emblem Fates releases in a week Oh, yeah, or two. They, announced the, they announced the um, cast for that today. Yeah, so uh, so I'm in there. Uh, Marisha Ray is also uh, here with me at, Anime, at Colorado Anime Fest and in Critical Roles in there. Liam O'Brien's in there. Laura Bailey's in there. we got a lot, a lot of familiar faces and voices. I guess I'd say voices in that yeah, one in voices. particular. Um, but that game looks to be a lot of fun, so check that out soon. Excellent. Um, thank you very much for the interview. I've been your host, Philip Wesley, the Mile I Mouth, and who you're with? Matthew Mercer. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you very much, and until the, until the next one comes out, you are now caught up. Welcome back to Area DMG. I'm your host, Phil Wesley, the Mile High Mouth, and that was our interview with Matt Mercer. Um, I want to thank you for being a part of this weird, weird experiment that we're doing with Area DMG and Radio DMG, where um, the Radio DMG stuff and the Area DMG stuff are like, okay, if you can watch the Area DMG stuff and actually watch me talking to you, or you can listen to us via Radio DMG. I don't know. It's some brave new world thing. I'm like, eh, hmm, it's like just, it's a, uh, what was that guy's name? Something Huxley. Yeah, it's a Huxley Brave New World here. Um, we're part of the, uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure where I was going with that. But I want to thank you for listening to the episode or watching the episode, particularly if you're watching the episode, because we monetize these episodes on YouTube. So watch the episode all the way through. Tell me what your favorite stuff was. 
There should be comments below. Actually, there's comments below on the Radio DMG stuff. And uh, I would really like it if it wasn't all people being all like, Hey, do you want to buy a thing? Or if we'd get me get email that was a little bit less than a, less of a, Hey, we liked your podcast. Would you like to join our network? No, I'm not going to join your network. Leave me alone. No. Like I get this stuff in the, the stuff in the email, right? I get like three or four of these a week where they're like, Hey, will you join our MCN, our multi-channel network? And I'm like, no, most of these sound terrible. There's one where it's like TGN or something like that, right? And they sent me a thing, and I'm like, okay, let me click and see who's on here. And they're like, we get over a billion views a, a month. Woo! And I was like, okay, you have um, one channel with a million subscribers. And then your second largest channel is 300,000 subscribers. And then almost everyone on there is about like uh, 1,200, 1,400 subscribers. You're using the, the benefit of having one channel that's big. And who even knows that that's correct? Because that video, that particular channel had over a million subscribers. But if you look at the videos, the videos maybe get like 500, 600 views. And if you have over a million subscribers and you're getting 500, 600 views on your YouTube stuff, those aren't real subscribers. I mean, I can understand when some videos do better than others, right? Like, for example, uh, some of the view, the stuff we do with uh, animation reviews or the little photo stream stuff doesn't perform as well as stuff we do that's video game related. And uh, actually, I would say a lot of our stuff is actually video game related, if you think about it. I mean, there's Gravity Falls. There's a Gravity Falls game. There's a uh, Adventure Time game. These all have huge ties to video games okay almost everything there is related to video games in some way uh, maybe there's a little bit that isn't because um we do some news coverage or we do some rants about things that aren't really video game related but that's what we do this is a full entertainment package we're all about putting the full package in you your mind in your mind in in your mind yes anywho we'll be doing something for that pokemon direct that's coming out on friday looking forward to that it's gonna be like five minutes though so might not just might not be like 3ds stuff might just be like hey uh here is a new game here are the um here are the um new bundles and stuff I don't think we're going to get a trailer for, like, Pokemon Z. Although, one thing I've always thought was kind of amusing is that there's Pokemon XY and Pokemon Z out in Japan. In Japan, the current season of Pokemon is Pokemon XY and Z. And they've been spending a ton of time on this animated show dealing with, like, Zygarde or something. The huge slug-looking Pokemon that turns into a uh, Pacific Rim creature. And I was like, hmm, yeah, that's like the worst kept secret. It's kind of like when they're like, oh, they're doing remakes of Ruby and Sapphire. And for for like a year, people are like, they're going to do remakes of Ruby and Sapphire. And people are like, there's no evidence of this. Kind of like how uh, there's actually um, 
we're expecting them to do another Nintendo Direct sometime next month. And this one next month will probably be where they announce um, Disney Art Academy. I mean, seriously. The Art Academy games, which are part, which um, the original Art Academy was part of the Touch Generation series of games. And um, we'll be doing a video about the Touch Generation series of games and its impact on Nintendo, on the Nintendo DS and on the Wii in the future. We, we're just working on the script for it. And quite frankly, scripts can go for a long time because what I do is I write and um, writing is something writing. I like music, I like drawing, all this stuff. But yeah, writing is something I do a lot of. So we have to figure out how to translate that into smaller videos for you, our audience. Now, um, that's a lot of shop talk here, but yeah, that's what we're doing right now. We're doing shop talk. Um, I hope you enjoyed both of those interviews. We have more interviews coming up. Um, next episode, we're just doing one interview instead of two. I'm only doing two interviews because it's been so long since our last one. And the next one up will be um, Christina V, who um, most of you, who if you follow DMG Ice, you know that we have a big obsession with Shantae from Way Forward Technologies. Way Forward. We, we like them a lot. And she's the current voice of that character. And we did a pretty good interview, and we'll have that up next week. Pretty much. We'll either do that next week or we'll have a musical rations next week. Um, we're trying to do these like one a week, but depending on how well, like, how long it takes me to put this thing up, we might do the, do like these types of things every other week. Because there is a lot to do. Whew. And uh, I want to thank you for joining us on this ride. Hit the comments below in, in the YouTube thing or in the uh, Radio DMG comments because we have those. Share this with your friends. Share it on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all that jazz. Um, hit those like buttons in the various thingies. Um, we're also on Instagram now, by the way. Um, the Instagram is Area DMG, not DMG Ice. We don't know who has the DMG Ice one. They have all of their stuff private, and they only have like four posts. They aren't us. We don't know who they are. We sent a little follow thing, and they haven't. They have their profiles private, and they haven't accepted that. So I'm like, hmm. We would never make any of our stuff private, and we don't block people from viewing our content. We have no ban lists. We have no gates for you to go through. We actually encourage you, our listeners and our viewers, to watch our stuff. We actually respect you and treat you like an adult. So we're not going to uh, make anything private or lock anything behind like um, just a whim wall, essentially. We're not a closed group. We are open and transparent for you. Anywho, that's, uh, that's the show for today. Um, I want to thank you for watching this on Area DMG or listening to it on Radio DMG. That's AreaDMG.com or RadioDMG.com. Um, you should follow us on all of our social media stuff. You should share this with all of your friends. Email this to all of your enemies. And uh, hit those like buttons, comment buttons, and all that stuff. And until the next video and next audio show comes out, you are now caught up. <laughs>